Welcome back to Bavarian Podcast Works. Tom Adams here for the flagship edition for the show. And once again, I am joined by the fan favorite duo. And yes, that's just self-acclaimed. I have no anecdotal evidence to suggest that we are actually the fan favorite. But nonetheless, I am here with Schnitzel. We are just a little over 24 hours removed from Bayern Munich beating TSG Hoffenheim 2-0 with goals from Musiala and Chupo Moatang. And just freshly off of Vauafel Bochum, shocking the Bundesliga, shocking the footballing world, and beating Union Berlin 2-1. Fantastic weekend for us. Would have been a little bit better if Dortmund lost too, but of course they did not. They did the exact opposite. They won big, big Jude Bellingham, gone June Bellingham. You know, he's going to do his thing. But Schnitzel, all things considered, how are you doing today in this, this uh, fine Sunday? I am uh, surprisingly really sleepy and also kind of tired because I just uh, returned back. It's, it's very late. It's, it's it's still just 10.35, but the day has been very long. But uh can always make time for BFW podcasts. And like you mentioned, the fan favorite duo has to deliver each time. So no compromises. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Team optimism, too. Uh, we're definitely team glass half full all the way, which I hope people enjoy um so we can kind of gloss over and shade over the slightly more pessimistic uh, ends of bpw and perhaps even bfw <laughs> but schnitzel we got a lot to dig into so i figured you know since he's the man of the hour for bayern munich right now making all things happen i think now it's three goals cons- or excuse me not three goals but three matches consecutively that he's scoring in and of course, I'm talking about Chupa Moatang, Chupa Goatang, as people have been famously nicknaming him, Chupo season. Everybody's saying it. I know I joked off air that I'm probably saying his name wrong. It's just, for whatever reason, the tongue twister for me, Schnitzel. But yeah, so I think that says it all. So much talk about this season. Are we going to be okay without Lewandowski? Sadio Mane is not a striker, not a natural striker. Uh, Matthias Tell is, but he's so young. Can we really expect a big return for him? But Schnitzel, much like all of his seasons as Lewandowski's understudy, we're seeing the best of, uh, <laughs> now it's in my head that I'm saying his name wrong, Trupo Moatang. You can tell me how close I am on that. Obviously, I know a lot about him. It's just the pronunciation I might be getting wrong. But Schnitzel, I mean, there's so much talk. January uh, transfer window potentially going in for a striker. But is this something that's even needed with his form? I mean, I know that you have an opinion on some of our other attacking players. You know, Leroy Zane has been hurt. Thomas Muller has missed games. Kingsley Coman. It seems like not all of these guys are fully fit at the same time. But Schnitzel, I mean, is this just like, you know, it's not broke, so don't try and fix it. Do we need a striker in the, win- in the winter transfer window? Or is, this, is he fine? Firstly, I think uh, you nailed the pronunciation the last time. It is true promoting, but that was the like first one two for times four. you absolutely butchered it. But uh, that happens, uh, you know. I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that happens with a lot of pronunciations. Like, uh, for instance, that day I was trying to pronounce uh, Napoli's winger's name. I think Quishia Quaratskeli oh, or man. something like Even that. Even seeing yeah. that on paper, that is a tongue twister. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like the terrible. problem I have with uh, Chesney before and, you know, all those different names. Like, it's just super difficult. So I can give you that one. It's completely fine. But uh, to talk about Chupo's performances of late, I think he's been brilliant. And uh, I think he's a very Nagelsmann system type player in the sense that Nagelsmann has a very clear system in mind and he has a plan in place and he just told Chupo Moting about it. And Moting is playing 
his role to perfection. And that is being a striker, obviously a target man, dropping deep to help with the ball progression. But he's also playing a pseudo winger role. If you notice many of his games, he drifts wide and he uses his pace, which is not conventional for a striker. He's pretty quick. He's fleet-footed. And he gets into those wide positions and he helps with the ball progression in the final third, which I think is a very important factor that you we mentioned need to... wide roll. I feel like that's exactly how he scored that. I think it was his first goal in the deck first of the ball at Augsburg. Yep. It kind of snuck in the near post. Exactly. Um, yeah, from that, the wide position. And uh, the goal against uh, Hoffenheim as well, when he drifted out wide, yeah. received the ball from Gnabry and then slotted in from the near post. Perfect which... striker's goal. Hold exactly. up play with his back to goal. Yeah. Took like one, two touches, zipped it out to Gnabry and then got to the right spot at the near post. And not aesthetically like the most miraculous goal, but that's a striker's goal right there for me. Absolutely. And I think uh, that he's uh, giving us the output that we need from a striker. And uh, overall, the parts are functioning very well. You did mention that, you know, the other players maybe are not as consistent. And I have an opinion about that as well. I think Leroy Zane was fantastic he was unplayable this season until he got injured which is such a shame yeah his injury just came at such an unfortunate time like he was really starting to play really well and percolate and then obviously got that unfortunate injury on a match when i joke bavarian grassworks needed to investigate it seemed like everybody was slipping around last weekend you yeah, know man. i don't know what it was but well i mean perhaps lucky that it was only him to be the main casualty from that match yeah they're just lucky that chuck isn't like you know, obliterating those grass keepers right now because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I we all know how passionate he is about grass and that was just sad to watch. And I'm pretty sure there's a Grassworks piece coming. So, I mean, I hope there is because I really enjoy those pieces. So watch out for that, guys. Uh, but that being said, yeah, I think uh, Canabri and Mane haven't been the most consistent players this season. They have had some very good games, but overall, I would rate them like 6 out of 10 or even lower this season because they just cannot be prolific in front of goal for whatever reason, and they're not taking their chances properly. So at this point in time, Bayern Munich is creating the most chances in Europe and by a mile and a half. Like The statistics are staggering. And I remember we did a podcast before with the very same topic. It was like Bayern having 101 chances created in just four games or something, or something crazy like that. And they just scored like three or four goals the same stretch. That was like so weird. So I think what Bayern needs is someone to net those chances. And Muziela is doing a great job at that, but he cannot carry the offense alone, which is why... Chupo's role is so important. And and then I should say, obviously, uh, Musiala just got over COVID, so he missed a stretch too. More to the point that I mentioned earlier, these guys are just don't seem, at least this part of the season, to all be fully fit at the same time. Yeah, that's such a shame because with Bayern, you always kind of expect injuries. I mean, you either sacrifice oh, yeah. a player and rescue another one, resurrect another one, or you just risk ending up with horrendous injuries during the business end of the season, which I really hope doesn't happen. I mean, like, I don't even know. I think we probably missed the witch doctor, you know. Hans Joachim oh. Wolfhart. Yes, Muller yes. Wolfhart. Yeah. <laughs> but I think Holger Breusch has been doing a very solid job overall. I think the players are pretty fit compared to before, but everyone just fell due to injuries. Now people are just coming back after four or five weeks, which is a pretty short time for hamstrings. And so, so touch wood, you know, but uh, let me ask you something. So sure. 
we both know that Chupo has been doing pretty well this season so far. But say in the winter window, Bayern Munich were to look at signing Dusan Vlahovic from Juventus because obviously Juventus are tanking and they look yeah. miserable. They lost to Maccabi Haifa 2-0. You know, <laughs> Haifa has probably... This is their first time in the Champions League. Yes. That's, that's how bad Juventus are this season. And Vlahovic has been carrying their attack, all things considered. In the Serie A, he has scored seven goals. And it's crazy how he has managed to net so many times for a team that is composed of players that have the mobility of an average tree, you know? So... <laughs> So, yeah, what do you think about that? And do you think Bayern should go for a pure out-and-out number nine with this squad at hand? Or do you think we don't need one? On current evidence, I would say that we don't need one. Um, it, it's, it's so difficult to see, though. And the one, the one thing I would add to that is price, uh, feasibility. Would that be feasible? I think it's highly doubtful Bayern would pull the trigger on a striker that's above a certain fee, let's say, you know, 30 to 35 million euro, something like that. I just think Bayern's, especially after the summer we've had, that was very lucrative or, I mean, it wasn't inexpensive, uh, but it was lucrative. We knew this, this kind of summer was coming with the inevitable Lewandowski leaving uh, just a couple summers after, and then obviously Nikola Zula leaving too, and then not too far removed from losing uh, Boateng. Javi Martinez and David Alba, when you rip that kind of core out of a team, things are going to change and transitions are going to take place. But I would love to have him. I think you're right. I think he is kind of one player that's actually standing out in what is otherwise a, a pretty atrocious Juventus season. Um, as you could probably see right now, I am wearing my Napoli gear. Like I've long since had an affinity for Napoli just because of their history. Obviously, they go on so, uh, Maradona. So I, you're I, gonna... I, I really do want it to be their year, which it looks like it is. And they play Roma later today, which I might keep an eye on. But you're uh, going to completely uh, ignore the fact that your club just got destroyed by them in the Champions League this season. Yeah. Well, they're destroying everybody. <laughs> I mean, they are Luciano uh, Spalletti has got his his side playing very, very well right now. Uh, that Simeone, the Argentinian guy, uh, Mario Rui is one of my favorite players. Di Lorenzo, like everything is just clicking. The guy whose name we can't pronounce, like yeah. And this is after uh, losing uh, uh, Kalidou Koulibaly to to Chelsea. He was obviously a core player. So um, I really hope it's Napoli's year. Napoli and Club Bruges for for the Scudetto. Rather, obviously, I hope Bayern win the Champions League. Absolutely, Liverpool is definitely not going to. Let's be honest. (laughs) So yeah, the Scudetto for Napoli, maybe Coppa Italia, but. Bayern for the I wish league. I wish Liverpool the very best on making a Europa League spot this season because you know it's looking like it's going to be a struggle. But yeah, <laughs> talking about the Champions League, Napoli was a good shout, and I think Club Bruges is another great shout because they have been overperforming. They're doing excellent. Yeah, shocking. Yeah. But yeah. So to answer your question, I would love for uh, Valovic to happen. Obviously, we were linked with him in the past, uh, but he ultimately chose to go Juventus. But I just I can't see it happening especially with everything that's working and, and the one outlier i would say schnitzel is just world cup man like we have no idea what things are going to look like after this tournament and you know for a team like Bayern, who's you know pretty much every player who's international and plays for their country is a starter or someone who plays a lot so you have to assume and we would hope obviously with the demonshaft hat on that they go far so 
we really have no idea what the injury stack up is going to look like once that world cup break is over and all the players start coming back and the fatigue and whatnot. And the, you know, if things go poorly, you know, the hangover, so to speak. So that's one thing I would, I would leave a kind of indefinite because if things pile up, obviously with no, uh, Chupa isn't going to the, I just butchered his name again. He, yeah. our striker yeah. who has the blonde <laughs> Mohawk, he is not, you can, uh, you can going to say, the World Cup, so he'll be fresh. You can just call him the goat so that you don't have to go go yeah, Tang, yeah. yeah. Go Tang. So he yeah. obviously won't be going to the World Cup. Uh tell uh not going to the World Cup. I'm trying to think of other players. Uh, so the thing is maybe so I mean it, it, I feel that uh Matthew Tell, uh so far this season, whenever he's got the chance to play in the attack, he hasn't looked like he is really manning uh true striker spot like he looks like he's very comfortable yeah. playing as a winger and despite starting as the central much to your credit I, there literally has been times um like if i'm not if i'm kind of like half tweeting and watching like you know like i'm running a live tweet there's been times if i don't see the little um which I'm call the cast on his wrist i'll get him and mane mixed up i'll be like oh wait that's actually tell but he's uh, you yeah. know he's like standing right next to Nagelsmann trying to dribble down the uh you know exactly. the end line and much to your point tell starts as a striker he even gets subbed in to fill in the striker's void in some games but he inevitably drifts wider maybe in the left wing some more often in the right wing than not so i think that his dribbling is for some reason this season and i think in general as a player his attributes are better suited for a wing role and we have a lot of wingers, just way too many. It's like six wingers if you count Muziala as a winger, obviously. So that's just a lot of wingers. And I think that yeah. that makes a good case for signing someone like Vlahovic because you already have so many wingers at your disposal. And if Matty Tell is also going to become a winger, then why not go in for a pure out-and-out striker? And it doesn't get more pure out-and-out than Vlahovic. He is the only striker outside of Haaland that I would urge Bayern to seriously consider right now because he is like the best non Holland striker in the world right now, in my opinion, at least. So, well, Schnitzel, I'll even I'll ante this up to you uh, because I was going to ask you about uh, you know a Gauteng one year extension because his contract expires this coming summer. Won't be away at the World Cup, so let's say between because we know obviously Coman, Muller, Musiala, Zane, uh, Mane. Did I already say Mane? I'm. Uh, no, they're all going all going to the World Cup. So pretty much all of our wingers uh, or secondary strikers, like Gnabry as well, all going to the World Cup. Conservatively, let's say two of them pick up knocks where they're going to miss, uh, a, you know, at least the beginning of the Rukrunda, right? Okay, let's so be more realistic. With that, they're going to miss two months, <laughs> you know? So hey, two well, I'm being months. conservative yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's say two, two with a minor knocks and one with a bad injury. All right. Um, yeah. So conservatively, with that, does that change your opinion? So with that, do you either offer uh, Goating a one-year contract extension, perhaps at that time? Do you wait, or does that would that cause you to pull the trigger on on Valovich if it's feasible? Or do you think our front office would sit there and look at the necessity to uh, extend? Goating for uh, another another season, and r- mind you, we still have uh, a decent patch of matches before the World Cup break where he can obviously feature, and we don't have to worry about him trying to quote unquote save himself for the World Cup. As some, you know, I've I've heard fans talk about this 
for different players, you know, how much are they holding back just that little bit because they don't want to miss what could be for some players, the last world cup. Yeah. Um, it's a good question. And I think that, uh, Chuba Moting should absolutely get an extension. I don't think Bayern should go for Vlahovic this winter. As much as I love the player, he's a fantastic player. And I think he is one of the best pure nines in the world. He can do anything and everything with both feet and with his head. But that being said, firstly, he's going to be insanely expensive if we're going to sign him in winter. I'm looking at at least 75 million to 80 million euros, like minimum. And second... Juventus is not going to be willing to sell him in the middle of their season. I don't think we can, you know, probably get an agreement on that. And even if we do, he's going to cost a fortune. And third, I don't think that we need Vlahovic as such. As you mentioned, Chupomoting is not going to the World Cup. So at this point in time, our squad looks really great. The chemistry is amazing. So I would wait and watch for one season, see how everything pans out. If we struggle in the Rukrunda, and if we seem to have an issue, despite having so many attackers at our disposal, then we probably need to consider signing a pure number nine. Because obviously, you know, making up for Lewandowski's output is going to be super difficult. But we have been doing that this season. We have been doing really well in the offensive front. 58 goals scored in all competitions this season, which is crazy. That is the highest in Europe by, I think, 14 goals. Manchester City in second place with 44 goals. So... That is a landslide of a difference. And the crazy thing is that as of today, we have played fewer games than the other clubs. So our attack is swimming right now. But hopefully that lasts for the rest of the season. It's really up to whether Chupo can maintain this form, honestly. And I think this is going to be a a crucial stretch for him, uh, for our front office monitoring him, Schnitzel, because really... As far as time is concerned, so we're less than a month away from the start of the World Cup, but we we know that with the truncated schedule and how frequently we're playing matches, when you look at that schedule, it seems a little bit longer based off of the sheer amount of matches. But this is really going to be a telling period because Nagelsmann, right, so there's still uh, Zane is expected back November 1st for that last group stage Champions League match against Inter. Luka Hernandez the week after against uh, Bremen, I believe, in the Bundesliga, um, which would be our second-to-last match before breaking for the World Cup. Uh, and then Manuel Neuer, I don't perhaps... Uh, when is his return day? I know they're monitoring that shoulder because he doesn't want to ruin his chances for the World Cup, and we don't want to rush him back. But this is going to be a crucial stretch, uh, Schnitzel, and I know that Nagelsmann will have to walk a fine line, and it's going to be a balancing act between making the right rotations while not, you know, seeding any ground. Like, obviously, this weekend was huge for us. Getting a three points, a clean sheet, and having Union Berlin lose was massive for us. Like, thank you, uh, Valafal Bakum, who just seemed to be the giant killers this season. They already beat Frankfurt, I believe, earlier this season. Not maybe a giant, but even still, uh, a victory on paper that you wouldn't expect uh, from Bakum. But how do you see, I mean, are there any players in particular that you think Nagelsmann is really going to try to utilize. I I personally don't see us weakening our our lineup too too much for Barcelona. I think that we'll want to try and win that group. Um, I know it's a chance for rotations, but you know this the matches come thick and fast. You know, just to take a look, we have Barcelona, then Mainz, uh, then Inter Milan, as I mentioned earlier on the first, then Hertha Berlin, then Werder Bremen, and then Schalke to close out the. 
uh, portion of the season before the World Cup break. So yeah, perhaps I, think- I know you're a big Sabitzer fan. He was working well in the beginning mm-hmm. phases of the season. Do you think that we'll see more of him, perhaps more of Gravenberg, uh, perhaps more of uh, Matthew's Tell, or do you think it's just going to be a lot of Nagelsmann keeping things consistent, or do you see this as a very crucial stretch for some players who have gotten less minutes thus far to get some more, and, and who specifically would you kind of keep close tabs on in that regard? So the World Cup is close, and I think this is a very good time to rotate players. There are some players, like you mentioned, who would probably emphasize more on their fitness before the World Cup, especially Bayern's wingers, because they wouldn't want to pick an injury right before the World Cup, so they need to be used conservatively. That being said, I think that uh, Bayern Munich has you know has to take all these the, the two games the Champions League games that are remaining the one against Barca and the one against Inter uh purely at a sentimental value and nothing more it's the, the results honestly don't matter we have already qualified and uh, we shouldn't you know treat them anything more than just games that we need to you know complete as a formality so the squad has to be rotated thoroughly, in my opinion. And I think this is a great chance to test our young guns. So, worst case scenario, we lose horrendously. But we then say, hey, you just beat our C team. So, congratulations. But uh, it's not going to happen again this season. And the best case scenario is the young guns still manage to draw out a victory. In which case, we have a lot of banter material. So, it's like a win-win for Bayern either way. Because... For youngsters, Champions League experience can be massive for their development. And I think that I really want Matthew Tell to start. Ryan Gravenberg has to start every single game. Joshua Kimmich and Goretzka have to be forcefully rested because, number one, they've played a lot already. Number two, they need to be fit for the World Cup. And number three, the other players need a chance. You can't just keep starting games. And it doesn't matter if you're Kimmich. You need to be rested when you're supposed to. So I think Zabitzer... And Gravenberch has have to start these games, and Kimmich has to sit some out because he's started a lot of games. And in defense, I think Mazraoui and uh, probably Stanisic have to get more minutes. I really want to see more of Paul Warner as well, so I would love to have him at attacking midfield with either Muziala or Sadio Mane or Gnabry, so that. These can, you know, be games where they can pick up form and probably stat pad against opponents of lower quality like <clears throat> Barcelona. And oh, man. Uh, the, the attack, well, yeah, Chupamoting hopefully gets more minutes because I just hope that this stretch can be used to increase his confidence as a striker because he is going to be, like you mentioned, not playing any games during the World Cup. So it'll be helpful to get more games under his belt before that stretch so that he can then focus on the World Cup duration to increase his fitness, focus on himself, maybe take a break, relax, and so on. So that is how I see things, and I want a lot of rotation. If Nagelsmann doesn't rotate against teams uh, with whom the result honestly doesn't matter, it's going to be a shame. I agree. And just kind of thinking about it, you know, I was going to ask you a question, really, like how much do you think players who are going to the world cup, like really are holding back, you know, especially you take, think of something like Alfonso Davies, a guy who really, he doesn't carry the Canadian national team, but he is a massive, massive piece 
of how they've gotten uh, to their first World Cup in a very, very long time. It's on a very historic thing for them. But on the other hand, like you have you do have a player like Ryan Gravenberg who wants to go. He wants to be picked uh, by Louis van Hall for the, the Dutch national team. So he like we've you know, we've seen a lot of him and heard a lot of him and his agent talking about how Bayern's midfield is so stacked, but he's not happy with how little he's played. And even Maserati may have expected, you know, obviously um, I think he's usually always in the Moroccan national team. I remember covering a piece like months ago for him where the Moroccan coach was talking about how he shouldn't be concerned with how little he's played for Bayern, if I recall correctly, but for these guys, it's like almost the opposite. They want to make a statement. So they, you know, solidify their place with their national team. So it'll be interesting to see that juxtaposition in my, uh, in my opinion. I do feel that this is a perfect opportunity, a window of opportunity for someone like Raven Burke and, you know, Sabitzer doesn't have to worry. Obviously Austria didn't make the world cup fell short. Um, but do you like, I mean, is it like ridiculous to think that they are actually really holding back a little schnitzel? Or do you think that's actually like, there's a little bit of truth to that. Across Europe, I think that some players, well, I, I'm not sure that by holding back, they're considerably like reducing their efforts overall in games because uh, many players still continue to perform, especially at Bayern Munich. But I think the players are, you know, reducing the tendency to go into risky challenges. And that is especially true of wingers, I believe, because we just know how injury prone these players are. And Probably the same with uh, Liverpool as well. I don't think, you know, so there are many players who are part of the Liverpool team who will go to their World Cup squads, as we know. And the same applies to other teams across Europe. I'm pretty sure Messi is probably in second gear right now because it, it feels like all these players, they're trying to reserve their best for the World Cup. And it makes sense because the World Cup is one of the world's biggest stages. But with Bayern this season, I think that none of the players have really held back overall. And it's going to be a shame if Upamecano, for instance, doesn't pick, get picked for the French national team because I think he is a lock-in for that centre-back spot. He is, you know, very deserving of starting alongside Luca Hernandez. That's what I think. Him, Hernandez, it's centre of defence. Benjamin Pavard and maybe his brother, Theo Hernandez, you know, at the left and right back spots. That's what I think France's best defense would be. So I don't know. Overall, I don't think Bayern players should really be concerned about their chances of starting for their teams in the World Cup. I think most of these players are lock-ins for their national teams. I would have to agree with you. And Schnitzel, just to kind of switch gears, you know, you were talking about a certain team that will be able to troll just a little bit if we happen to get a result either with a strong starting 11 or a mix of experience with a little bit of uh, youth. But Barcelona lies in wait. They're our next matchup. And Schnitzel, they're kind of an odd team. End of last season, they looked really reinvigorated under uh, Xavi coming in as manager. Um but in the Champions League, both the end of last season and Europa League, obviously, as we know, losing out to Eintracht Frankfurt, it's almost weird. Like they're taking care of business in uh, La Liga, aside from losing El Clasico last weekend and getting dominated by Real Madrid. I'm not sure if you caught any of that, but, you know, ever since uh, losing 2-0 to Bayern at the Allianz Arena, ironically enough, with Lewandowski missing those chances in the first half, could have been a different story had he converted those, but They've gone on a decent run in La Liga, you know, beating Elche, 
beating Mallorca, obviously losing to Inter in the Champions League. In between that, beating Celta Vigo. That shock, dramatic 3-3 draw against Inter Milan in the Champions League and then losing El Clasico, as I just mentioned. But getting back to business against Villarreal midweek, uh, winning 3-0. And at the time we're recording, they play Athletic Club, I think, in about an hour's time. Be interesting to see how they do there. But Schnitzel, how do you see this one going? It's like they're like they the Champions League is just like their kryptonite. They just can't seem to figure it out. Do yeah, you see I'm, that changing this week? About, or obviously I'm <laughs> uh, we yeah. hope that it doesn't change because we want a Bayern win here, but still. When I joke about Barca, like especially like like when I did a few minutes ago, it's purely for Schadenfreude, especially right now, because <laughs> Barcelona is a pretty good team and they did really well to beat Villarreal just uh the, this week, 3-0, I guess. It was a very dominant performance. And I think they have really good quality overall. They have a really good squad. But I don't know why things are not clicking. Like, they should really have beaten Inter on paper at least. But it just didn't look like things were going well for them. It's like, like you mentioned, La Liga, they're just cruising through the league. But in the Champions League, they're just falling short of even weaker sides. And... uh for that matter, I think that they will be a tough nut to crack at the Camp Nou for, sorry, the Camp Spotify slash the, you know, the <laughs> Barcelona Marriage Counselors Camp, whatever you call it. But like, yeah, I think Bayern might uh, have a really tricky game against Barcelona at the uh, Camp Spotify. And I think it's going to be tough, especially given... <laughs> okay, sorry, it's gonna I be... had to laugh at that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, it's going to be tough given that they will probably feel their uh, fully strong squad, hoping that Inter Milan tank to Victoria Plazenia. Yes, I'm getting the pronunciation right. This time. Hey, ding, yeah. ding, ding, ding. Yeah, uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. So this is probably a dead rubber game for both sides. That being said, I wouldn't be concerned, like I mentioned, if Bayern lose this game. But if Bayern start their full strength squad, I expect them to win. But then again, you know, Barca have more to lose than Bayern have to gain from this game. So Barca is going to come in all guns blazing. If not for a victory to propel them to the round of 16, maybe just to save face. Because, I mean, it, it gets boring after some time losing to the same game. It's like we own that club, you know, and it's, it's just <laughs> sad. I feel like. Well, as a neutral schnitzel, you'd say you ate to see it. Yeah, yeah. You tend. I thought see... you'd laugh, laugh more at that. Yeah, but I was just going to make joke another just one. Too old. Yeah, no. Oh, okay. Old. Go ahead then. Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that you tend to see these kinds of score lines against Bayern Munich in the Champions League. Yeah. Oh, there you go. And that is a throwback to the Arsenal beatdown that happened a few years ago that we all remember fondly. Yes. But uh, as a player who enjoys Arsenal's football, it is you know quite sad to be mocking my, mocking the club that I enjoy in the Premier League. And in all honesty, they have been really good this season, but they did draw to Southampton, so it was mm-hmm. expected. You know, After a point of time, they just fail all their fans. I'm not surprised. This is going off on a tangent. Overall, I think Bayern should not lose this game, hopefully, with a fully fit squad. Uh, Nagelsmann would probably put a strong lineup, but I hope that the substitutes get their chance because... It is a dead rubber game, as we've already discussed. So I'm thinking a two-two draw, but I'm not sure. Hmm. That's yeah. Giving Barca think, the benefit benefit of the doubt a little bit. Here. I think Lewandowski scores. You know, 
I think he scores at least once. To his credit, he's been scoring quite a bit of goals in La Liga, and I think he still even leads. I think uh, like Benzema and Valverde are like equal on five, if I recall correctly. Um, but I think Lewandowski has more than that. And this is just going off the cuff of like commentary that I've heard recently. Like I'm not a very big La Liga watcher, uh, just being, doing my due diligence ahead of today's podcast, of course. But so I'd say from a Barcelona perspective, perhaps just one thing working in their favor is the two goal scorers from our first meeting will both not be involved in obviously Luca Hernandez and Leroy Zane. So I guess yeah, I think uh, Barcelona fans can take a little bit of solace in that. But I think the other biggest than that, pretty benefit, much everybody's uh, still available. The biggest benefit for Barcelona will be Luca Hernandez's absence because he is our most solid stri- uh, defender, as we all know. And he pocketed Lewandowski that game. Like he was all over that player, man. He was so good with his challenge. He even got, grabbed a goal. Man of the match performance, absolutely stellar. Whenever Hernandez plays in the Champions League, I get this added feeling of security that I just don't have when oh, yeah. he's not playing. Plus, he's got so, that uh, La Liga grit that he uh, so used exactly. to from his time at uh, Atletico. Yeah, which you so hate. <laughs> I know. But, I yeah, but, and they ground out a win earlier today. Actually, they hang on against uh, Real Betty. Um, so yeah. Seen. Uh, bottom line. Uh, Barcelona would be a dumpster fire if Lewandowski wasn't playing for them if they're not already. But I like, even remember how you... well uh, Masraoui had done when he came on for Pavard. So I wonder if Nagelsmann will say, hmm, that was Masraoui's best performance in a Bayern shirt. Should I just start this way or start with Benji? Yeah, it, it, we are so, so lucky to have two amazing right backs right now. And I think uh, if you remove Barcelona out of, uh, sorry, if you remove Lewandowski out of this Barca squad, they would be in uh, the two Liga in La Liga. Like they wouldn't even be in the first tier. Like that's Whoa. yeah, that's Shots that's how fired from that's how, that's how much he's been carrying them this season. In all honesty, which is what makes me think that Lionel Messi was excellent for Barcelona for such a long time. Yeah, no love for that, Dembele, Ansu Fati. Yeah, absolutely Rashid. not. They flop at the Ferran Torres. Stage. Ferran Torres, who? <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, and, and don't be fooled. It's not the F Torres, it's not Fernando Torres, Ferran Torres, who just yes, you know, uh, yeah. kind of like snuck his way to Barcelona from Man City. Uh, I, I summer, am yes, Ferran Torres, who man, yeah, I don't know these players, maybe because I don't see them in the Champions League. <laughs> yeah, Ooh, all right, more shots fired from Schnitzel. I think I'm just that's gonna enough. title this podcast, uh, Schnitzel. Shots fired. Yeah, that's I think it. that's enough, man. I think we should take it easy. Uh, I, I think we've done enough Barcelona damage. It's time to wrap up the podcast. Yeah, just do the honors. Yeah, we got to take it easy. So, I mean, again, guys, thanks for listening. I know we had a lot to discuss, and, you know, such is the case with a season where fixtures are so truncated. Everything seems to be happening so fast before the World Cup, before we all switch gears to Qatar. Uh, this winter where we will be covering uh, Die Mannschaft in Germany. So keep that in mind to follow us for all of those angles this winter in Qatar. But as always, thanks again for listening. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you do use to listen to our podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever the hell else is out there. Um, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Bavarian FB Works. Myself, where I once in a blue moon will spout something off at, at Tommy Adams 71. Schnitzel, I think, is still Twitterless, hiding in the woodwork, but maybe one day he'll have a big reveal. But uh, again, 
Until next time, guys, thank you very, very much for listening. Auf Wiedersehen.